Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 88, and today we are at the 2019 International Sugar Beet Institute. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple's podcasting app, Stitcher, Overcast, it's on SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd really love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch the latest videos on YouTube packed full of information. You can also follow me on Twitter, at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back to the show. We are here at the 2019 International Sugar Beet Institute, This year marks the 57th annual International Sugar Beet Institute show. The ISBI is held every year in March and is the largest exhibit of sugar beet equipment and related products and services in the United States. The show began back in 1963 in Crookston, Minnesota as the specialized event and seminar of everything about sugar beet production. It was specifically held during the winter for the Red River Valley and later became the two-day trade show and educational institute for all growers internationally. It became international in 1980 when Manitoba growers joined the force. The event is held in Fargo and Grand Forks, North Dakota on alternating years and features national agricultural leaders, legislatures, and sugar specialists. Those attending are met with interesting and entertaining displays, exhibits, and trade show personnel. Advancements in equipment and production methods have become consistently bigger and more sophisticated through the years. Millions of dollars worth of equipment are on display for growers to inspect. I'm here with show attendee Matt Kruger. Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and what you do. I farm up in East Grand Forks with my dad and brother. Um, we grow sugar beets, soybeans, corn, and wheat. And um, yeah, we're just down here at the Egg, uh, International Sugar Beet Institute just to check out some of the new equipment that's on display. And I also have my four-year-old son along who definitely loves to see everything that's involved farming. Is there anything here at the show that you're looking to specifically see? Or maybe there's a, a piece of technology that you're looking to adopt when it comes to your sugar beet operation. What what do you want to get out of this show here at the 2019 International Sugar Beet Institute? We run Amity equipment, and there's a couple of new technology pieces on some of the rotobeaters, as well as beet lifters that we're trying to see if we can maybe adapt onto some of our older equipment. There's a lot of more of those kits that are changing to bring that technology instead of buying a new piece of beat equipment you can put that piece of technology on the current one and make it work just as well as the new one yeah i know retrofitting is a definitely a big thing talking technology i know i'm sure you guys have a lot of different technology in all of your different crops that you farm what's some of the technology that you utilize the most in your sugar beet operation I think the biggest thing that we adapted last year is with the new um, Exact Emerge planter. I think that was our huge game changer for us, just being able to pick up speed, pick up efficiency, and then also get 
better seed placement and uniformity. So for us, that was a huge game changer last year. Uh, this year, we're looking at maybe um, we are primarily a John Deere farm, but we also have one or two pieces that are non-green and trying to get that data all in one spot, be able to utilize it across all platforms. So when it comes to the technology and sugar beets, you know, traditionally sugar beets has been a very manual process, not much technology integrated into it. Do you do you see any opportunity now and into the future? And what types of technology do you think or would you like to see added to the sugar beet operation? I think one thing that for our farm we picked up early on was the variable rate technology. We've done that since the mid-90s. We still adapt that. More and more now we're doing variable rate seeding within that. Uh, that they came part with a new planter that was able to do that. I think more and more you got now technology on yield mapping with capabilities. Uh, that's still kind of, you know, again, it's, it, we've been collecting now for the last three years, but okay, how do we utilize this piece of data? And I'm still trying to kind of figure that out because it's not the, it's not as clean, as nice as uh, combine yield data, i.e. you start a field, it rains, things change that way. So you kind of have to get some of that stuff that happens out of the data set. But I still think that's a part of it that's going to be looking into um, that. You know, another thing, too, would be to, you know, technology. Like right now, we get sugar, kind of like wheat and protein, you know, the correlation there. Okay, we got sugar beets with tonnage, but we also have that sugar part of it. How do we, you know, better that, make it more uniform, all these kind of things that, okay, there's got to be a way that we can somehow bring that technology um, to track that somehow, too. So, Last question I got for you here, Matt. Farm shows, trade shows, expos. Are with the internet and social media, all that. I know you're on Twitter. Are these shows still worth it? Is it is it worthwhile to to go through here and and you as a grower to come through and kind of see stuff, or can we get all this stuff on the internet? I mean, you can get most of the stuff on the internet totally. I mean, you get all the interviews, the upfront, actually seeing what things are. I think farmers still want to touch and feel and see that kind of stuff. But I think you're gonna see more of a shift to guys going like, you know, shrug their shoulders and go, eh, if there's no show no skin off my nose, but it's a way for companies to at least show their product instead of just on a screen, you know, actually maybe show some of the things that are a little harder to like totally see from a video. So I, I there's still totally I think relevance there. It's just going to be adapting to that next generation coming onto the farm that is more digital to go, you know, instead of repeating things over and over, just highlighting maybe some of the specifics or even maybe taking components off equipment instead of having the whole machine, having like, hey, this is something that would just change this area and having that on display instead. So, Wonderful. I just want to thank you, Matt, for taking a few minutes here while you're at the show to do this interview and talk a little bit about uh, the 2019 International Sugar Beet Institute. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Nice meeting you. I got the chance here to stop and talk with Jake Borsma, who is actually an exhibitor here at the International Sugar Beet Institute. Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you come from and what you do? Yeah, Tony, good to see you at this event uh, every other year. I think you guys have a presence here every other year in Fargo, so nice to catch up with you and uh, hope to see you this spring. But yeah, I'm Jake Borsma. I'm Central Region Manager for ACH Seeds marketers of crystal brand beet seed and i cover the southern minnesota and mindac markets been doing this for about five years now i originally come from olivia minnesota which is south of wilmer there a half an hour and now i'm based out of uh, alexandria and covering the two markets and working with the egg staffs and growers and trying to bring them uh, good products to help them be successful on their farms 
So, Jake, some of the other uh, showgoers that I've talked to and been able to interview, I've talked to them a lot about the technology with equipment and what's in the sugar beet industry and what we can do going forward. Now, one of the things a lot of people don't think about when it comes to technology is the seed itself. There's a lot that goes into the genetics and everything that's done there. What What is out there? How, how has sugar beet seed changed in the past, say, 10 to 15 years? Well, the, the biggest thing that kind of correlates with in your world or is the biggest connection to your, your equipment would be planting, obviously, and the uniformity of the seed and the product that we're producing. We used to have bare seed, which, you know, we've got a little display here where it shows you how the seed comes into the, how it comes into our factory from the farmer's field out in Oregon. Then we go to clean it, and then we go to polish it, and then we pelletize it. And our goal is to make as round of a pellet as we possibly can for plantability and even even stands and just so everything works flawlessly with the planter as, as you guys at John Deere have designed. And uh, like you said, there's a lot more that goes into seed than, you know, whether it's whether you're talking Roundup Ready technology, everything within the seed is technology-based. I mean... The, whether it's whether it's the priming, we take a lot of pride in our priming process. We don't necessarily market it as much as maybe some of the other companies do, but every every seed that their growers are going to be getting in 2019 is primed by lot and by variety to to maximize emergence and germination that year in the field. That's our goal. And you know, as far as traits go, we're always kind of scanning the horizon to see see what's out there. You know, there's going to be some potential in gene editing, and and we got another we got another uh, technology coming, HT2 technology, which is a triple stack herbicide technology. So that's going to be glyphosate, glufosinate, and dicamba all rolled into one. And we hope to have that technology here uh, by 2024. That's kind of the goal right now. So, uh, things are looking good there and, uh, growers specifically in Southern men are in dire need of it to have more tools to help manage the troublesome weeds and, uh, it's starting, you know, the, the resistance is pushing northward. So it's not just, you know, it's not just a problem just in one place. So that'd be a couple of things. Yeah, and it, I mean, you hit it right on the head with how much the seed technology and, and what you are doing with the sugar beet seed from the raw form all the way to the pelleted form, it definitely makes a very big difference when you talk seed and planting and plantability with it. One of the other things you talked about is what you have coming in the future, uh, a triple stack sugar beet seed when you're talking herbicide resistance and all of that stuff. So it's really neat to hear that not only do we have technology in the equipment side of things, but we also have technology in the seed side, no different than your corn and soybeans. What's uh, what's something here at the show? I don't know if you've got a, I think you've got a chance to walk around a little bit. What's something that that's really stuck out to you, whether it's uh, equipment or or maybe uh, in in a different form of technology, kind of like the the seed stuff. Well, you were kind of walking me through your exact emerge plan there a little bit, and I've had just a little bit of exposure to them. But yeah, I appreciate you walking me through that. And honestly, other than just walking to the lunch booth and going and getting a hot dog, I haven't really looked around too much. But it is, you know, I, I do notice a couple of new companies here that I haven't seen before, but I'll, before the show's over here tomorrow, I definitely got to make the loop and see what I can see. But yeah, like you said, it's, it's just everything's so much more technologically advanced, regardless of what you're talking about. So that's driving our industry for sure. So last question I got for you, Jake, you as an exhibitor, kind of like myself, we have 
we're we're here for a reason, obviously. And you know, these days with the internet, social media, everything like that, from an exhibitor's standpoint, are these types of trade shows and expos still worth it? Are they still relevant in today's day and age? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's uh, you know, as I've been doing this for about five years, and I've I've seen a little bit of a decline in the amount of foot traffic at this show, but. Uh, the people that want to come out and talk about a product or learn something or go do something with a friend, you know, the opportunity is there. And, yeah, there's still definitely a value. And, uh, you know, and just even getting to see people that you don't normally get to see, there's a good value in that too. So, yeah, there's there's still definitely that value, no doubt about it. Great. I just want to thank you, Jake, for taking a minute out of your day here to chat with me about the 2019 Sugar Beet Institute and kind of give that unique perspective from an exhibitor's side. No problem, Tony. Good to see you. I'm here with another show attendee, Les Plumley. Les, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and what you do. I come from the Southern Men Beet Sugar Growing Area. They have a facility in Renville and I'm one of the field staff down there. I'm one of the agriculturalists working with the farmers. Been down there for about 25 years. So coming from the co-op side and, and what you do with the field staff, what brings you to the International Sugar Beet Expo up here in Fargo, North Dakota? Well, we're always trying to stay on top of the latest cutting technology. And then, of course, there's always lots of iron and uh, new products coming out, whether it be for planting or spraying and then harvesting equipment and tillage as well. So with all of that technology that you're seeing here, what are growers in the, the southern Minnesota region, what kind of technologies are they adopting or what technology would you like to see them adopt from a co-op standpoint? Well, of course, uh, the younger generation is really grabbed on to anything that they can download on an app and using their planning precision equipment where they're all farming uh, precision equipment they're doing very well and then of course uh, my age group the baby boomers um, we get there but it just takes us a little bit longer um, I'd say our big issue of course is uh, we really want to stay on top of the the spraying technology right now and and maximize that with uh, some of the current problems we're having with all of the, the technology that you're seeing at the show and things that, be, that are being adopted and what you're seeing today, is there any opportunity out there for, for technology that, that maybe is in other parts of the ag industry that you would like to see be adopted into sugar beets? Well, I guess um, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a baby boomer, so I don't grab onto it quite as quick. Um, obviously there's uh, a lot of technology and um, it certainly pays with time but of course um, everyone knows the economics and farming right now is pretty tight and so I think it's getting scrutinized and the, the, the learning curve is much slower than it maybe would be if our margins were wider. Completely understandable there. I got one last question for you Les. All of the shows the trade shows, expos, everything with the internet nowadays and social media, are shows like this still relevant? Do we, I mean, you guys come from a, a little ways away, a little bit of a drive up here to Fargo. Are these types of trade shows still relevant in the ag industry? Oh, I think they are. I mean, um, I, again, I, I'm looking at uh, the group that's got 
the most uh, revenue is, is my age group, the baby boomers. And I think that they visibly can see this stuff and put their hands on it. They're a lot more, much more likely to adapt it. Uh, they start out by seeing it on the social media, but eventually they want to get their hands on it. So that's where I think the value is. I just want to thank you, Les, for taking a minute out of your day to stand here and talk to me. Uh, it's a very unique perspective from a co-op side versus a grower side. So thanks again. Okay, no problem. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.